Have you boxed off your brand planning for 2023? Well, if you haven't, this episode is for you. And if you have, you might want to take another look after listening to this. I'm so excited to share this one with you. But quick disclaimer for those who tuned into Social in Six last week, you're probably expecting to hear it from Tumblr today. But sadly, our guest came down with about flu. So we've had to push that one to the new year. But fret not because you're in for one hell of a treat with today's episode. We're joined once again by Louise Richardson, Pinterest Director of Marketing for Europe, to unpack the highly anticipated Pinterest Predicts Report for 2023. Jam-packed full of trends like primal movement and airy styles, 80% of which are going to be bang on the money if Pinterest's success rate for the last three years running is anything to go by. Airy styles, I see what they did there and I like it, Eve. There's plenty more where that came from in this report, covering everything from finance to well-being, home, fashion, entertainment. There's absolutely something for everyone in this. And in this episode, we cover why Pinterest is the platform you go to when you need creative solutions, how the current state of global affairs is influencing our behaviour, and why we can expect to see dogs in pools listening to rave music in 2023. (laughs) Well, it's not often I get to say this instead of welcome, but Louise, welcome back. It's great to have you on the podcast once again. And as always, we have a big question for you. This year it is, why do Pinterest trends matter? Why do Pinterest trends matter? Well, I think, I mean, marketers are always looking for a crystal ball to predict the future. But I think this year, more than any year, we're really looking uncertainly about 2023. I mean, if you think of the cost of living crisis, all of the consumers out there have got shrinking purchase power. So brands are really, really going to have to show up in a really, really intelligent way to help people through that. And I think that as consumers are becoming more price sensitive when it comes to where they're putting their money, like brands really need to know where that's going to be. Marketing budgets are going to be tighter. We all know that. We see that if we're in agencies with our clients. And I think that guesswork is just not going to be enough. So being able to kind of access what people are actually looking for now, knowing that that that, that is going to rise through next year. I mean, we just think that's invaluable. Absolutely. I love this episode last year. It was what, I thought you were going to say, this episode we're recording right now, we love it already, yeah. It was one of my favourites. <laughs> we love it already. <laughs> we will love it, I'm sure. It was, was one of my favourites last year. It was just because we were just chatting through these predictions that mm-hmm. kind of we knew were going to come true. It was the true crystal ball. So this year we've got 27 predictions. And looking yeah. back for the three years, for the past three years, you've had 80% accuracy. And that's why I love it so much because it is just a cheat code, basically. Mm. So uh, so how do you sift through billions of searches, right, that take place each month? How do you sift through them and decipher these emerging trends from so many terms? Yeah, I mean, as you say, you know, nearly half a billion people on Pinterest. So, you know, it's a huge amount of search data that we have to go through. Over the last few years, we've developed a kind of predictive modeling approach. And so we basically go in and um, look at where things are rising. But we can't just do that because sometimes that will just be seasonal. Mm. You know, like Christmas is going to spike on Pinterest. Interestingly, that starts happening in like April, May. Whoa, (laughs) that is that's like agency land. I know it is. It's like when you when you work on a retail client and mm-hmm. you start thinking about Christmas in January. But yeah, so um, we kind of try and get any of that bias out, that kind of seasonal bias out of there. And we've got a team of data whizzes that actually kind of look and say, right, okay, is this actually something that's rising or is that something that is just always endemic to a platform like Pinterest, for example? Um, and then finally, we kind of pass that on to 
a group of kind of trendsetters and marketers within that and importantly our copywriters i will just shout them out this year because they have chef's kiss done an amazing job at like packaging these up and making them really accessible and um, regardless of what kind of industry you're in or even if you're a consumer you know we get a lot of consumer love for these trends as well and it goes out to that audience too we talked about you know christmas there and that's obviously going to have an effect on certain things but as well as what's happening on platform how much does what's happening in the real world influence the trends and the reasoning? Because obviously this year, you know, we've got the kind of remnants of COVID. It's a little bit grim uh, yeah. in terms of in terms of the output. How how much does that have an influence? Uh, it has a huge influence. So Pinterest occupies this really interesting space, I think, in between kind of your dream and real life, right? So Pinterest, I often think about as kind of an enabler of of turning your dreams into reality. That's not the kind of official language, but that, that's kind of how I think about it. And if you think about it, you know, go back to the pandemic. So as soon as the pandemic hit, people started thinking, oh my God, what is this world? I have no knowledge of how to navigate the situation that I'm currently in. And that translated on Pinterest to how do I make my own lunch or how the hell do I keep my kids entertained while I'm working or how do I cope with this situation from a mental health point of view? Like, what, are there any kind of is there any kind of inspiration that can help me get through this? And then that led to people making more interesting sandwiches and people homeschooling mm -hmm. their children and people finding that kind of the, the will to kind of carry on almost. Um, and so Pinterest uniquely sits at the heart of that. I think very differently to other platforms where you go there because you're bored and you want to kill time. And whereas Pinterest actually inspires you to do something. Mm -hmm. So the real world has a huge effect so if you think you know obviously cost of living crisis is really going to bite next year yeah. we will see more searches coming out related to that you know we're already seeing things like you know thrifty halloween parties was a was a thing that happened earlier on in the year so i think that it is all about real life because that's what pinterest is about yeah no definitely i love that and it's just like another reiteration of why pinterest is such um an effective platform because like you go to other ones because you're right like you're bored and you want to kill time but with pinterest there is such intention behind your your reason to be there obviously like i was so excited to, to like see this report come out again i think i've mentioned i've been banging on about it all year it's been my secret weapon <laughs> not so secret anymore to be honest because we're, we're telling everyone about it right now but it's been my secret weapon in like uh in the pitch room and saying okay Okay, well, I can back this up with this. And yeah, absolutely yeah. invaluable. Um, but there's a new addition. I think it's new anyway, this year when I was having a little look on the site. You can now filter uh, these trends by audience brand values and the brand category. Is that a new addition? Am I right? I don't think I noticed that last year. You know, the, the primary audience for Pinterest predicts is, is the advertiser. So yeah. we want to make it as useful as that. And so, uh, you know, if I'm if I'm critical, in, in previous years, you, there was a leap that marketers potentially had to make. So we've, we've just tried to make that much easier. Yeah, it's like super tailored. Yeah, yeah. And one of the one of the brilliant things about Pinterest trends is they kind of transcend categories. So, for example, good on paper, for example, mm. one of the trends this year, which is all about Gen Z really looking into kind of paper craft and, and all of that wonderful kind of the benefits that craft have to Gen Z mental health. That can show up in so many different ways. That can show up in fashion. That can show up in craft, obviously. It can show up in homewares. It can show up in celebrations in terms of how you're decorating your home, all of those kind of things. And so we're just helping brands see okay, this is a trend and I might be in financial services, but how can I make that trend work? And how can I 
I'm not sure I can make good on paperwork in financial services. I'm just thinking that through now. That's probably not possible. But, you know, how can, how can we help brands a lot? <laughs> I guess so. I wanted to ask then, do you try? So I think I was, I was reading somewhere. I was probably on site or like in um, news coverage. I've forgotten. I've read that many things beforehand. Um, <laughs> but I read somewhere that you start off with 50 trends or about 50. And we know now that you've whittled it down to 27. So I want to know when you're like picking these trends, are you going by like because it's for advertisers and brands are you saying right well okay well we could go with these 30 that are the most exciting but actually they're all for gen z so are you specifically trying to make sure there's like some for this category some for that category some for this age some for that age or is it just like no do you know what whatever age group or category it's gonna be these are the front runners we think any trend setting is always going to have a little bit of crossing your fingers and hoping it's happening. Yeah. But but what we what we know is that these are genuinely popular things. So we narrow based on popularity, really, rather than that. Now, I think that it shows that there is such a broad church of people on, on Pinterest. Yeah, I was going to say, because it's something for the Gen X, boomers, like millennials, Gen Z, like it's for everyone. Yeah. And I think that um, what what's wonderful about Pinterest as well is because the trends last longer so they, they um we, we can we can talk about the kind of methodology around this but we find that the, the trends spike earlier and then they kind of sustain more over the years so they grow and sustain and that's where we get our kind of 80 percent strike rate one of the ways that they grow is they kind of open out into different demographics so for example gemini hair which is one of my favorite ones <laughs> that i've got this year um if you look if, if you kind of go into pinterest and do a search on gemini hair yes that's been driven by gen z but actually my the pin that i showed my hairdresser was a 90 year old woman with the coolest two-tone hair <laughs> that i found on pinterest so the, the trends kind of disseminate out and if you look at one of last year's like dopamine dressing that started out really a kind of a young millennial trend everyone did dopamine dressing mm. last year i mean it was it was everywhere it zara was like a shop window for dopamine dressing as was asos like all of the high street brands really leaned into it so yeah i think that brands can kind of take these trends and, and make them work for their audience because we know that they are genuinely popular with everyone on pinterest yeah no definitely i got let's dig into a couple of them i mean can you outline for us like what you think is big trend wise like in a few major categories so like are we seeing anything specific in obviously like for fashion airy styles comes to mind and uh, perhaps like what's one big one for each of the major demographics so big for gen z millennials etc I mean, Gen Z's, I think it's Gemini hair, definitely. Like that's that, that we're, we're seeing that um, take off in a huge way. I mean, I'm just trying to think of the actual stats. I think a 345% increase in pink and lavender hair. Yeah, so that's definitely crazy. a big thing. I want to dye my hair pink again. That's crazy stats. I was, was that early to the trend? It wasn't too tight, but it, it was just it was just pink. But it was pink for about four months this year. And if I'm going to do it again next year. We were <laughs> last year. We did it in our in our best bits for our two hundredth episode. We pulled this out. I said I was going to make my avatar the most wacky avatar. Do you remember it? Yeah. I said yeah. I wanted to be something my avatar. I was. I didn't do it. No, I, I know. Just made you it sent us got the weirdest meta yeah. avatar. It's creepy. I look like Michael McIntyre. So creepy. Look at this. Yeah. Okay, brown. <laughs> oh no, cow. That's not good. Gemini <laughs> Gemini hair. I've got it up here. Brown to pink balayage is up two hundred and eighty percent. Pink and lavender hair up three hundred and forty five percent. Lavender and blonde hair one fifty percent. Blue and black braids two fifteen percent. Mm. Okay, yeah, we're gonna see some crazy colors. 
And let me just give you a lovely little thing that I was I noticed last night mm-hmm. um, about the, the kind of role in culture. So this is people have already been searching in 2022 for this. So these are these are Pinterest early adopters that are looking at that. I was watching uh, Netflix Wednesday with my daughter last night, who is very much in the Gen Z zone. And there is a character in there with Gemini hair. And she says, I'm going to get that done straight away. And And like it is. We are seeing these things showing up in culture, which is what is so exciting, but we're just seeing them early. So again, the brands, I mean, the, the crystal ball element of this is just is just too exciting. Yeah. Um, so that's what, what I'd say in beauty. I like a, there's a boomer trend in home, which I really like, which is home front, which is basically we have done everything else that we could do in our houses and nobody can move next year because cost of living crisis mortgage etc mm, etc yes. et and so front of your house is your kind of the, the the last thing that you've got left to do and also the thing that's going to give you most joy so i'm really looking forward to that because i've spent a year renovating my house and the front of it looks like a not very nice place how do you transform your front paint door? it get a nice put like brass knocker put a wreath on it okay. buy a new door it's potentially an expensive one why don't we take a, cr- a cross trend and why don't we do gemini but on gemini our front doors. doors and you could have like a balayage half and half. okay boomer sorry <laughs> 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 pal i'm not a boomer thanks very much He's so rude isn't he <laughs> <laughs> you know the other boomer one that i absolutely adore is um the yolo years i was gonna like say that, that one's one of my favorites yeah i love that one i think it's so nice so that one is you know our poor boomers they've been stuck they've had the most terrible few years haven't they not seen their grandparents yeah. but like the line is move aside granny's got plans and so it's mm. all about boomers and old gen x having hundredth birthday parties and golden wedding anniversary do's and yeah, I mean, it's just absolutely delightful, like living your best life in uh, in 2023. My mum and dad, they're both in their like mid 60s. I think, does that make them boomers or Gen X? No idea. Um, <laughs> Gen X. Probably. They were born. Yeah. They were born in the 50s, so maybe yeah, yeah, Gen Gen X. But like they, I think, like a lot of people their age, like felt a little bit older, a little bit more vulnerable, being like super, super careful as they should. Um, and now are like just starting to come back out. So what I like about this trend is it's almost like it's not just them. It's like the relatives and the people around them have seen like the sacrifices they've made over the last few years and like want them to experience life more so it's like you're planning it for life's precious them. right I think that's yeah like planning have. an 80th planning yeah. a 50th and a 100th or just like a like last year one of my favorite trends from the 20 uh 22 report was alt bashes it's like finding any reason oh, yeah. to just like have a celebration i love that one so like i like the sort of almost continuation here but it's like we're gonna celebrate like these like the older people in our lives yeah, I love that. I think that's a really nice way of looking at it. It's not just granny having a party. It's like multi-generational um, all coming together in a way that we haven't been allowed to do for like nearly three years. So Yeah, I think that, that leads me on nicely to the next question, actually. I, was, I wanted to ask what the trends show about the public mood and the shifts in society and our current mindsets, behaviours, because... I was looking through the report, I was trying to find a trend through the trends and I kept going back to this idea of sort of like, yeah, the, the almost like the importance of life and I think that goes back to what deep, you were It's quite deep, yeah. Um, but it's like, you know, celebrating anything and everything because people now know after the pandemic that life's so precious and you've got you know like... what I noticed? Go on. Pattern-wise, I was like, I think we're all just really mentally ill. 
genuinely <laughs> genuinely it was like there's like so many forms of like therapy that well, we're listen, looking well, for listen. it's like now processing good on paper it's like they're doing art therapy but well, that's that's they're exactly doing journaling what I'm saying. for yeah. therapy like they need a break from digital they need to go to therapy i was like are we all right well i think i think people now realize yeah life is too short let's yeah. make sure everything in our own houses is in order but, you know and then celebrate it so yeah your 100th birthday, par- birthday parties but then you've also got you know scalp massages and and paper therapy and journaling and there's a lot of things that are you know I mean we'll get out the, can we save the showers one for a, a couple yeah, of questions yeah, we'll, we'll I absolutely that. love that one <laughs> but like there's, there's things like this they all feel like we're taking care of ourselves or we're looking to take care of ourselves there's one about alcohol as well would you agree with that Louise? Yeah, I would. And I think I have an interesting theory about why this is. I think that um, I I do think that it is part of of where we are as a society at the moment. I mean, you know, the last three years have just been, I'm going to say unprecedented, because I feel like we haven't said that Mm. enough this year. But my, my kind of theory, so one of the things that we know is Pinterest is the app that you don't delete when you're doing a digital detox. You know, it, it's it's not that kind of app where, where again, as we talked about, it, it, it reinforces all those kind of the, the more negative parts of our online lives. And so I think when people are miserable or when people are challenged, they kind of do turn to us. And, and you know, that, that's not something that we talk about, but, but that's what I see in these in these trends. I see I'm Gen Z. I am a bit miserable and I spend my life online, but actually I'm going to take a little bit of a charge of that and I'm going to maybe go on Pinterest and find some paper craft and then put my phone down Mm. and do that paper craft. So I think that it's my own particular theory, but I do think that there is something about, I think it's the intent thing that you said earlier on, Eve, you know, you come here to make something better or to find something out or to, to do something, to take some kind of action and so that comes out in the trends. I think if you were to look at other platforms and other trends, you're not going to get that same kind of intent. It's going to be much more a celebrity said this, so I'm going to follow it, you know? Mm. So I think that I think there is definitely something about the ethos of the app of and the kind of mindset that our audience is in when they're in. And that's why you're seeing very positive takes on really quite dystopian mindset. But I do think it, really optimistic for 2023 yeah yeah do you know what like it's not all doom and gloom I think it is just like a reflection of like people's like creative soul genuinely and that can like come down to all kinds of things so that you don't have to be in like the worst place in the world to like look for self-improvement things but I think on other platforms like when we're trying to do like social listening and see what people are like believing and thinking and talking about it's you either have to trust what they're choosing to post themselves which is like sort of a skewed like version of who they are and Mm -hmm. who they want to be because they're like saying it to everyone else you know they've got that approval layer there which I think takes away some of the authenticity and then the rest of it is like what they're clicking on liking dwelling on which a lot of the time like you're skewed by things like celebrities like you said Louise so this is um yeah one place where I think you're just getting a really sort of true look into you know what what people want and you know where, where their heads and their souls are at I suppose but so a few of them have had that digital detox trend uh, or like anti-tech theme which I don't think is bad like another way I think Pinterest can be like a joy and something I think brands and marketers need to do more of is um, enrich someone's online experience so like you can enrich their offline experience if that makes sense so like give them whatever you want online and let them take that offline so like if people are using Pinterest to search for 
paper crafts that they're then going to put their phone down, as you said. So one, for example, is Primal Movement, which says Gen Z and millennials um, are looking for ways to combat tech neck, <laughs> which I thought was another <laughs> absolute triumph of copywriting, by the way. This year's report, it's just like, it's it's everywhere. Eve, next year, shall I bring the copywriters? Next year, you have to interview well, them you as well. Of me like, because yeah, yeah. yeah. Put us in touch <laughs> anyway. Absolutely want to shake their hands. Um, but yeah, we are seeing that digital detox trend a lot, aren't we? Yes, I mean, definitely. We're, we're working on something at the moment and I've been doing a lot of looking into how teens are spending their time. And there was a terrifying one the other day of eight hours and 39 minutes of screen time per day. I think a third of that was specifically in actual social media yeah. so the big social media platforms it, yeah. and i mean that's just that include tiktok it's tiktok it is tiktok <laughs> my screen time is disgusting but yeah it's tiktok <laughs> yeah well i mean that's the thing i actually look i saw i read that report then looked at my own screen time and then quietly kind of sobbed yeah. for a little while yeah. um but i mean the, the thing about kids you know we have been having a lot of conversations about um what we did to our children in the pandemic uh, and we gave them device mm. That's what we did. And we had to. Look, nobody's nobody's shaming anyone for that. I I did that because you just sometimes had to keep them, you know, all their school was online and you you had to keep them there. And so we've told a whole generation of children that if you're bored, pick up a screen. Yeah. And and that's not necessarily bad. I my screen time, I devour content. I love that kind of thing. But it's what you then do with it. It's the kind of experience that you're having online that I think is important. Mm And if online is just sucking you further in and developing whole new diseases like tech neck, then that's a really toxic thing. And we have to address that. We just have to address it. Have you heard of the TikTok dent? Oh, yes. I've got I've I've got it. It's it's a dent in your pinky finger from oh, the way you hold your phone. Like and then if you're just scrolling through videos for like an oh, hour straight go. every day. Yeah. Yeah, if you, if you can't dance. see us now, which is chance to say you can't, we are all staring at our little fingers. Yeah, well, you're gonna, <laughs> we're going to evolve to have tech neck and pinky dent. Pinky dent. <laughs> TikTok dent. Pinky dent. Yeah, I don't know Do, what to call it yet. Because don't you remember at school when you did loads of writing, you used to get a dent in your finger yep. from your pencil. So it, it's basically the much more unhealthy version of that. I mentioned showers before. Chance of showers. Now, I'm more intrigued about this one because I do fancy getting on the action. So this one is no bathtub, no problem. Gen X and boomers are searching for shower bombs and home spa bathrooms. Shower time just got so luxurious. First question, how does a shower bomb work? Because I'm one. guessing it's like a bath bomb. Is it but a clip You don't on? need to submerge it, like, it in like full water. Do you it clip must it over work the head? That Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I I am actually really happy about it because we baths we talk about baths a lot. Like baths always really trend on Pinterest. <laughs> like I think again that kind of self care thing. But I am so bored of baths. They are the most boring <laughs> things. I'm not very good at self care. I love this. I mean, I think the idea again that we want to just make everything in our life nicer. Yeah, like, yeah. that's such a positive way of looking at, at, at the world, and I love that. That's how our users think. Yeah. Amp it up. Well, I'm, I'm, just, yeah. Yeah, I'm just intrigued to see how that works. I'm kind I, of I, pleased about this, though, because I don't have a bath because I rent like a lot of people. Mm. Maybe that's a factor. And like you said, moving's off the cards for a little while, I think. So mm. I just have to deal with the shower. And Maybe that means, uh, yeah, no bath bombs for me, which sucks. So if shower bombs yeah, shower are a bombs thing, perfect. yeah, let's yeah, make it I'm a thing. All in yeah. on shower bombs. Another one, all the raves. 
I do like a... I like this one. Like a rave. I think that one's really versatile. You know, we're taking about like some of these trends or most of them, to be honest, being like applicable, whatever category or audience yeah. is speaking yeah, to. Because yeah. that like rave is like a bit of like 90s nostalgia, a bit of like bring back the white, yeah. like Y2K thing. Like it's going to appeal to multiple audiences and it's just like the way things look like neons and stuff. Anyone yeah. can use yeah. that. So versatile. Yeah, and I think, again, across every category. So think of rave fashion, mm. think of, um, I've certainly noticed just out and about of, as I've been doing my own Christmas shopping, like rave, rave-inspired homewares, um, mm. happy face mirrors mm. are yeah. everywhere. Um, you know, there's, there's such a big thing. And again, there's a, there's a lovely generational thing. So we talk about nostalgia. So that's where I'm coming from. You know, I remember 20,000 people in a field. And, and, and so I want to bring that kind of nostalgia into my life. Mm. My 12-year-old, she's operating on a not-stalgia. Um, hmm. as, as I, don't, I don't think we invented that. I think that's the term. <laughs> um, but, you know, like nostalgia for stuff that you didn't live through, which is where the Y2K stuff comes from with Gen Z. Mm. So her room looks like a 90s teenager's bedroom. So it, it's a really interesting thing of how that's activating across all generations and in all categories. Like it's just so versatile. Mm. And you can see someone like ASOS leaning into that. You can see someone like Tesco's leaning into that. You know, yeah. that is something that you could activate in every category. Yeah, we'll get onto how brands can implement, but that's definitely one that, that can uh, infiltrate across. And then my final one I wanted to uh, point out, and everyone will love this one, Pool parties, 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 pool yeah. parties are going to the dance. That's yeah, kind of needed that accent. Home is spelt P A W T I E S. We're not just speaking with accents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you do need an American accent for that one. <laughs> but this is hosting pet pool parties, complete with invitations, party favors, and party decor. Unbelievable! I mean, no one's I, having everyone kids, could get but, behind that, you right? know. You go to your friend's kid's birthday party. You're like, well, I don't want a kid, but I want a party. So Bring let's throw dog, one for the dog. Chuck it in a pool. Well, who can afford children in this day and age? I think that's the thing. Although, actually, dogs are probably more expensive. I'm too busy, you know, doing paper crafts like origami <laughs> and doing journaling therapy. Yeah, I mean, I, I love this. I think that, you know... Pets have always been huge on Pinterest. And um, we had, um, my favourite from last year was Barkitecture. Mm. I mean, again, the copywriting is just yes. beautiful. But I think, you know, a lot of people invested in in lockdown dogs um and a lot and, and i think we're seeing we're seeing some of that rise to the top um i think eve you're spot on you know there is a kind of a if you haven't had kids yet people are having kids much much later you're the, the fur baby is a common <laughs> thing in culture um but i think I, I i think again it taps into any excuse for a party i mean i think that you know if you can celebrate the furry friend in your life that's another time where you're spending time with friends you're spending yeah. time in the real world and so again i think that that theme is just coming through the whole thing well, what's your favorite trend louise i mean that's the question everyone wants to know what is your favorite trend this year uh i well apart from the yolo years i i'm not quite there myself but but that is one that brings me much joy and um, mm -hmm. i think i like romcore the best yes um, from a fashion perspective yeah, rom-com core. Love so, that. I mean, Airy Styles is one of the top fashion trends this year. And, and um, uh, we saw it get picked up by Vogue last week, who had it had it as called it out as their main trend of the year, um, which was fantastic. And actually, if you go on Pinterest, Vogue has made a load of boards around, nice. um, around how you can activate this look. Um, 
honestly, it's not for me. So I'm going down the rom-com it's route. It's very like tool and ruffles. Yes, yeah. Sheer trousers. Did you see the spike in sheer trousers searches? See, seen went it on up by a lot 70%. of celebs recently. Sheer is, is yeah. massive. I mean, I'm currently wearing some cargo, so I'm happy with rom-com cola. I'm not sh- quite sure. I wanted to go for the 2000th rom-com sort of no, aspect of it. No, I can see it already. Look at this. Slip dresses, tube tops, cargos, claw clips. That kind of stuff mm. is like, already starting to pepper in. It's a bit like Y2K again. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely an extension of Y2K. So, you know, we haven't invented that. That's been trending for a while. And I think that that came out quite a lot in, in a lot of the fashion searches last year. But I think this is is more than just the aesthetic. It's it's more of that, um, uh, my daughter calls it the main character energy. Yes. Um, that was, especially for women in rom-coms in the 90s and the 2000s. Um, I think that there's something actually vaguely political about this one as well. I think that that this is women wanting to be the main character, wanting to, to kind of take control of how they want to look and take control of being the kind of, all that, that kind of girl boss narrative that came out of Y2K rom-coms. But but also it's romantic and it's it's optimistic and it's um it's it's everything that that um that Gen Z want and mm-hmm. young millennials want. So I think that's definitely my favourite one. If I can if I can dress like Meg Ryan and when Harry met Sally for the rest of my life, I'd be very happy. Yes, that was another one. What's the other? What's the other one? It's called but Meg Ryan was in French something. I mean, Meg Ryan is definitely having a comeback in the Gen Z. Yes. It's absolutely brilliant. I do love this um this idea of like the nostalgia. So it's like even if you didn't. Live through it the first time it doesn't mean like you can't lean into it and I have been seeing that the way that they're like they're watching like not they're not even old films but like early 2000s films and like it's the kind of thing that you think like oh well you know they're only going to watch new films but I love the fact that they're going back and sort of romanticizing like what was just like I guess what my teenhood um and just romanticizing yes. their lives I think yeah like let's have that main character moment like again it's very much um, giving ourselves what we what we deserve, I think, is the theme in general of um, people's Pinterest usage. Yeah, it's all a bit because I'm worth it. And, yeah. and that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think that that's really positive. I think you see also back to Cal, your question about how much does the real world drive this? You think of, of kind of cultures not nostalgic. So something like Stranger Things, for example, is the ultimate not nostalgic um, mm-hmm. cultural moment, cultural movement. And so pinners, pinners see that in the world and they come to Pinterest and they say, right, how does that show up in homewares? How does that show up in fashion? How does that show up in everything else? And so you're seeing culture, real world events, politics and all of that kind of thing driving people's behavior, but driving it in a really positive way. Yeah. And, and, and it, it gives me much hope for this generation um, that, that, they, that they do have this kind of because I'm worth it orientated mindset I love it I think that's such a good point as well the fact that like little things show up in culture like Stranger Things obviously being like set in the 80s and then I swear to god I started seeing the 80s eyeshadow and like like, the same like straight cut jeans and things like that pop up Um, but one trend I um, I really wanted to touch on well two technically so we're all aboard and Rainscapes to me stood out as two very like sustainability focus trends so obviously all aboard being that we're swapping uh, air travel for train travel um and rainscapes i really like that sort of idea of like conserving water like in the garden around the house uh, which is trending in a slightly older demographic and obviously we know that like um here in the uk especially down south had uh, one hell of a drought 
this summer. So you can see that sort yeah, of yeah. coming back. So like uh, one thing on Rainscapes that it said on the report, we're seeing people actively safeguarding their spaces against droughts and natural disasters. If that's not a sign of the times, I don't know what is. But I, yeah, I was mm. enjoying the sustainability um, focus. Where where else do you see that sort of trend or I guess attitude heading towards? Because it's been, it's not a trend as such, it's been a priority for a lot of consumers for a while. Where where do we see them taking that next? I think it's probably about looking at the the role that you can play in this in this really uncertain world. So I think that if you look at the Rainscapes one, I mean, I certainly know that I'm I'm not the generation who cared about the environment. It's it's definitely, you know, our fault. But but I think that that rather than just kind of sit back and and worry about it, that there is there is action. There is what are we going to do? You know, how what is my role to play? I mean, we know Gen Z is the most environmentally friendly or conscious um, generation that we've ever had. And I love the power of protest. We're seeing protest on a, on a national scale, uh, on an international scale against climate change. Then we're also seeing these kind of little micro rebellions coming out in homes where people are trying to conserve water or they're trying to make their houses more energy efficient. Or even in fashion, if you think, um, yes, Airy Styles doesn't quite work with this, but if you look at the kind of loungewear fashion, that's all about being warm in your environment. So I think that um, I, I think that again, yes, it is all a bit dystopian, but then it it, it shows that kind of action and that positivity. Um, it sounds really repetitive, but I think with train travel, I think that's again, as we as we record this, there is a. a massive train strike in the yeah. UK at the moment but um but but I, I I love the idea of slow travel I love the idea of of actually taking the chaos of the airline industry and the the lack of sustainability there and actually saying but I still want to see the world so I'm going to find different ways of doing that yeah. so I mean certainly I've heard the word interrailing more this year than I have since the early 90s so you know that there's there's a lot of yes it is terrible but how am I going to navigate my way through it in a way that that is really responsible, but really fun mm -hmm. as well? I think there was a lot of discourse online recently or like, like, in, like in the last 12 months, specifically criticizing celebrities use of private jets. And that really like highlighted the whole air travel thing, obviously, like the 1% having private jets huge part of the problem for such a small community um but that is what like mm. got it into people's minds and obviously like was it the the queen's funeral or no he hasn't been coronated yet, has it? It, it was the queen's funeral when yeah. um, king charles was like uh you can't you can't fly here basically you can't like land your plane here was trying to get people to travel sustainably which is good um so all that was sort of like in the public consciousness and then if you think like mm. if you're gen z like what do you do when school finishes a lot of them go traveling they're that's like yeah filtered in and they're like just choosing to take that different approach but what i loved about this like crossover was that even though we've said gen z probably are the most environmentally conscious or like the most outspoken certainly online if you go to uh rainscapes that's that's gen x who are homeowners who have mm. gardens they're doing their part where they can as well um and maybe financially in a bit more of a position to take that action and make some real lifestyle changes so i liked how you were seeing different approaches from different age groups but with that like same intent i suppose yeah, so I guess the motivation of everyone is, you know, how can I play my small part in, in in making a difference here? And we're just seeing that happen in different demos in different ways. I mean, yeah, I mean, look, the cost of living crisis is going to hit Gen X potentially uh, the hardest given kind of mortgage rates and all of those kind of things. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think it is, it's just a way of how can I carry on um, living my life, living my best life 
with the constraints of the modern world upon me. And and I think that, that that for me almost sums up a little bit of the role that Pinterest plays in people's lives um, of, of like enabling that. And so that's why when you see these trends, it, you feel um, it, 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 it is really optimistic because mm. you think that actually people are, are making really positive changes when if you were to look from a climate change perspective at other platforms, you might see all the celebrities saying, I've just spent nine minutes going down the road to LA in my private jet. And, um, you know, I think that there's a different type of aspiration, a different type of inspiration to be found on our platform than there is in, in other environments online. Yeah, it, it seems to me that people are seeking solutions or looking to find solutions mm, to, yeah. to certain problems in yeah. life. And, so and if it was Twitter, they'd just be moaning about it, basically. <laughs> but on Pinterest, I'm like, what can yes. we do? What can we change? Yeah, yeah. That, that definitely resonates. Yeah. And you mentioned there with Gen X, um, you know, potentially going to get hit the hardest from the cost of living crisis. This is probably one for our friend Richard Cook at Monzo, who we, who we spoke to, to a couple of weeks ago on the pod. Um Money moves is is an interesting trend. Now, this is finance, but make it fun, uh, where Gen X and millennials are looking to gamify their finances by searching for budget challenges, saving games. Um, now, that's not something I've necessarily heard of before, but you've definitely seen the rise of finance and, and controlling finances from like your Martin Lewis has now got a weekly show. We know mm. cost of living crisis is, is, is here and recession's likely coming. So... This trend, this this money moves trend. What does that tell us about the our attitude towards cost of living and that sort of looking to find the solution potentially even before it's you know arose? Yeah, I mean, I think it's an interesting one. I think actually Gen Z have a bit of a, a head start on this. I think that um, gamifying money has been something that the the finance industry has been doing for a little while, specifically mm-hmm. for that audience. If you think of things like um, Go Henry and some of those brands, but actually we see it extending out into older people now. I think that that's what's quite interesting about this one. So if I'm a, a kind of stodgy retail bank, I might look differently at some of the more emotional type of marketing that banks tend to do. If you if you actually think of a lot of the big high street finance brands, and they tend to focus more on the kind of yeah, exactly. You know, I'm having a baby and I'm getting a mortgage and, all, you know, all of those quite, quite kind of normative type of um, financial life stage approach. But I love I love this. I love the idea of making life fun, uh, finance fun. I think that saving challenges it, it do incentivize you. And I think that we're in a situation where savings, saving is going to be increasingly hard for any generation. Um, and so there is, again, there is something really, okay, I'm screwed, but how can I get out of it? Like, I think that's basically the message here. But again, for, for if, if I was a traditional finance brand, I would definitely be thinking about how I can bring this one to life. This this feels really rich. I feel like someone like Monzo. Well, Richard, if you want to give me a shout, we can definitely <laughs> talk about how you lean into how you lean into this at, at Pinterest. No problem. Monzo <laughs> might just be agile enough to build something into the app that, like, there's like you know, like Snap Streaks. They could do like Monzo Streaks. Well, yeah, like, they are. Saving, I mean, they are like, good with that. Put this much month. Wait, oh, do you know what, Richard? You can have that one for free. Um, but no, I I agree. I love that so much. I think like saving and budgeting is like not yeah, it is a chore that like is is a necessary one. Like we're all gonna have to do it. We're all gonna have to do it more. And instead of making it depressing, like let's 
inject a bit of life, a bit of like fun into it. I think it's, um, yeah, a really positive trend, actually. And love how you're seeing it like across all age groups. It's not just in a younger demographic mm. at all. It's, you know, big focus on Gen X and millennials. So I guess just a couple more points uh, on on the list. We're, as always, recording for longer than we said we would. But, but essentially, so we mentioned this earlier, actually, and I'm actually just keen to hear a bit more like methodology wise or like this is the part where like the the proof is in the pudding. And the report says mm. that Pinterest global trends, they do more than look forward. They last longer and they grow faster. So what exactly do you mean by that? Great question. So about three years ago, when we we sort of changed out, this is our ninth year of doing this, but we have changed up how we how we've done this to, to bring a lot more rigor to the process in the last sort of three or four years. Um, and so as you know, we, we comb through all the search data. And we're really proud of our eight out of 10 hit rate, which is now three years in a row. I mean, that, that's really astonishing given what three years we've just had. But we really wanted to hold ourselves accountable. There is nothing worse than a, a, a kind of ephemeral trend report that goes nowhere mm. and, and you guys know that as marketers and um, so we built out a really robust kind of an ana- analysis plan that takes into consideration how the trends continue to rise so it's not just that these things are trending now it's that they are or have been trending it's they're going to rise next year that's why we call it a not yet trending report mm-hmm. so yes you're going to see you know 500% rise in search data but we're going to see that grow and so we've partnered with our own inter- internal team. We also work with an external company called Black Swan, who keeps us honest um, and who kind of marks our homework, which is great. Um, and if you look at, at some of the trends, like the, the, the proof is in it. I mentioned dopamine dressing. That was probably the biggest thing that we identified, you know, October 2021. And it's still here now. Mm. So if you're a fashion brand, you you could still be investing in that trend. We are mm. still seeing that growing throughout the year. There were a couple of other things, Pearl Core, um, which which raised some eyebrows at the end of last year, but was everywhere yeah. last year. Yeah. Um, or this year rather. Um, celestial celebrations, that was a big one. Um, curve appeal, you know, the rise I really of mainstream liked, um, brands. Hellenistic revival last year. I was seeing that everywhere, like the very like Greek mythology, dark academia themed mm. stuff. And also ancestral eats. I don't know if just because I live in like food and drink brand land a lot of the time, but that seemed to be influencing a lot of like advertising campaigns and like general sentiment at least. Yeah, definitely. Like we talk about how different things for can activate that you know tesco had a whole i'm not sure they got it from pinterest so i'm not going to make that claim but tesco yeah. had a whole campaign a whole out of home campaign all around that last year so oh, i bet it i bet it was i bet they were looking i'm gonna claim it yeah i'm gonna claim, claim it, it. Claim I don't it. Think our friends i mean tesco love pinterest i don't think they're going to be too cross if i make that claim <laughs> Okay, and then last on my list, at least, um, obviously, we know that these trends are applicable to multiple brands and multiple categories, wherever you're showing up as an advertiser. But on Pinterest specifically for advertisers, how do you want brands to take this data, take these trends, and then apply them to what they do on Pinterest? For example, using like a lot of your guys' amazing shopping tools. Great, 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 great question. I think that um, the first thing is just from a creative perspective, make sure your creative is looking like the stuff that people are looking for. I think that, that that's one of the, the brilliant things about Pinterest is you don't have to put yourself in a kind of digital marketing creative box of in a kind of performance type of a mm-hmm. way. You can actually provide value. <laughs> the better way of saying that is 
there is no platform, I don't think, where the the intent of the users and the needs of the brands are so perfectly aligned. So if I'm coming looking for dopamine dressing, for example, or let's let's use Airy Styles from this year, if I'm coming for that, a beauty brand can dress a model in their in their creative in that style, and that will be something that I will save. So even from a creative perspective, just to start using some of this inspiration in how Mm. you're showing up will get you noticed on Pinterest more. I think that one of the other things is, you know, we talk about um, shopping and it's great that you mentioned shopping tools. Our CEO has has a fantastic way of putting it in that the internet made buying happen, but it's killed shopping. (laughs) And I love that line. I've been using that a lot. So you know, if you want to buy something, there are multiple ways of, of doing that. Like Amazon is the most, you know, click, bought, done. But you don't shop on Amazon. You don't shop on those kind of sites. You shop on Pinterest in a way that you do IRL. Yeah. So that, again, that kind of like Pinterest being that bridge between the real life and, and the internet. Um, and that's what I love. So think as a brand, people are, are window shopping on Pinterest. They're, they're at the top of the funnel and they're at the bottom of the funnel. So think about that as you're, as you're planning. How can you get them at the inspirational stage? And then we can help them check out and make that purchase. But, but how do you get them at the inspirational stage? And so I would want to be building as many of these trends in, into, my, into my creative, into the kind of content that I'm putting on Pinterest. And um, because it is going, we know it's going to pay off downstream. And we've got a bunch of research about how brands have had great results, like Estee Lauder recently um, had a fantastic result with, with um, Pinterest predicts. And so if you, if you have a look, there are loads of ways on our website um, for all different types of brands to activate each trend. And obviously, you can always speak to the team and we'll help, we'll point you in the right direction. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think make like make yourself as pinnable as possible and you make yourself as shoppable as possible. Exactly. Yeah. So one thing you mentioned earlier on was around um, on other platforms, the idea of likes is how you engage mm. with it. On Pinterest, it's about saves. And I think that that's something that's really interesting. Yeah. So it's, it's, if you we we see that if um if somebody saves something that is the clearest sign of intent to do mm-hmm. and intent to do is often intent to shop it could be intent to to craft it could be intent to whatever but it is definitely intent so yeah if you provide people with savable content and that's not likable content or it's a very different mindset to on other platforms where a like is so simple you just press the button and it's done Whereas on Pinterest, there is such thought and intent about what our users save. That's the goal. And so, again, we can very much help you from a kind of creative strategy and a kind of media point of view of of optimizing your content to drive that save behavior, which we know is the most valuable thing on our platform. Yeah, definitely. When you like something, it's just like a ha ha. And then you just move on. But if you're yeah. like saving something, yeah. it's like, I'm coming back coming to back you. To it, yeah. uh, what's up, that Carly Rae Jepsen song's in my head where it's like, I'm coming back for you, baby. That one. <laughs> anyway, uh, you're coming back to it for a reason. Like you're saving it for a reason. It is, again, just like displaying that intent. Uh, mm-hmm. So going back to Estee Lauder, I've, Estee Lauder achieved a lower cost per impressions with Pinterest products. I assume last year they paired their skinimalism trend with a new product launch uh, promoting sustainable beauty and they got 25% lower CPM than the beauty industry benchmark. That's quite a big percentage for a drop there. Just Yeah, I mean, that's the whole root of this. Of It, it is a little bit give people what they want. Mm. And this is why this, you know, back to the top of the, the conversation where why does, why does this matter? 
that's why this matters. You know, in 2023, Estee Lauder needs that 25%. All brands need that yeah. extra 25% on their bottom line. And so why why go with guesswork? You know, mm. take the guesswork out of it. And this this will drive results. Um, and it will also ensure that your you as a brand are playing a significant role in culture and a significant role in people's real lives. That, that's the bit that I get really excited about. Well, Louise, that's, I think, us come to the end. Yeah, an inspirational place to uh, to wrap up. I mean, if that's a call to action, if I've ever heard uh, anyone listening that's missed the report, have you been under a rock, haven't seen it yet, go and read it. Well, I'm a little bit, I've said this to you last time, Louise, I'm a bit like I want to gatekeep it because it has been my secret weapon in, in the pitch room, but sharing is caring. So I feel like it. if it helped me, it'll help you. Well, Eve, maybe I'll give you a sneak peek of the 23 trends that didn't make it and you Ooh. can um, you can have those in your back pocket <laughs> yes, as well. Please. <laughs> yes, please. But Louise, uh, so nice to speak to you again. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing this with us. Super great to talk. No, great. Thank you. This is now definitely one of my Christmas traditions. So hope yep. to see you again next year. <laughs> Now, I said in the first minute of the episode that last year's was my favourite, and you thought I was already saying that this episode was my favourite, but it might <laughs> be my favourite. It. it might be my favourite. I just absolutely love talking about this report. It's it's just a goldmine for marketers. It really anyone, is. Any brand, any CMO, anyone in a marketing team who's not using this and is listening to this, please just go and have a read. You don't, don't have to take any of the suggestions on board, but if you have a look, I know that you will because... It's the truth, right? Yeah, and there's just so much in there that, and it's so versatile that it really is something for everyone, something for every campaign, every brief you get handed this year. Take a browse through this report before you come up with your response and just see like, what can I bring into this? Like aesthetically, you know, like data-wise to have like give you that consumer insight, like layer on those human truths that are really going to make the work resonate. It has been so helpful mm. um, to me this year. And I think, oh yeah, like I said, a try not to gatekeep it so it's, it should be for for their good it's like the more the merrier like honestly give it a go i mean across like all age groups so obviously gen z and millennials there's a lot of trends in there for them but as we talked about today uh across gen x boomers there's a lot going on like from like home to fitness to yep. travel to sustainability to finance um, as well as all, you know, your Pinterest staples like hair, beauty, interiors, etc., fashion. Please don't think that anything Pinterest is just like decorating your home, uh, no. even though that is that is in there. There's so much more. Yeah, I'm just thinking if you know if you're, I'm going to try and cover a few brands off just yeah, to parenting, just to yeah. include everyone. So like food and beverage, for example, we know that Gen X are, are going clean. They're going with zero percent mocktails, low ABVs. Yeah, that free spirits one. I'm taking that straight to Jameson. I'll be like, right. Where are your options? This is our like. Let's kickstart something. So, here. Well, I, yeah. I was actually um, in October. Did sober October. Loved it. Loved how, how it felt, and it really was an eye opener. And I don't drink much, but you know, how how just how, how clean it felt. It was great. Now with this. If you're a food and drinks brand, maybe it's time to start shifting, you know, some of your comms towards zero uh, percent options, whether it's garnishes, fancy ice cubes are up. So, mm -hmm. you know, in your imagery, maybe just kind of 
top, the ice cubes a little bit, or uh, as you mentioned, home, you know, like for Ikea or a home brand, you know, in, in your sets or whatever you're selling, mushrooms is a weird <laughs> core design yeah. decor. So, you know, in the background, have some frames with sort of like mushroom decor on a fantasy art. These little tweaks are things that people will clock and things that people are looking for. And if you can incorporate, uh, incorporate these into your comms, like I say, you don't have to be Even home if it's brand. just like the way it looks on feed, if it's like an ad you want to use people to convert, like w use whatever's in your arsenal to get them to stop scrolling and just look a little bit longer for a second. And this is it, right? Yeah. This is because this is if what people are searching like, for. Maybe it's a model who has blue or pink hair. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. things like this are just little things. Like I say, you don't have to be a, a modeling agency, but someone are you using in your campaign, if they just have you can just tick off one of these trends mm -hmm. that you know is going to happen you're already ahead of the game exactly or just if you've got a design team that you work with show this to them they'll know exactly what to do with it um yeah i think it's just like so helpful and i'm, I'm yeah i'm glad louise came back i hope we do this again next year and next year see if they have 80 percent so for the last three rate. years um their success rate has sort of stayed consistent so you just know that like first of all most of these things are going to come true uh, but yeah, this time next year, we'll absolutely have her back on and see absolutely. which ones came true, which ones didn't. And uh, I'm off to do some mobility stretching while doing some writing therapy. I'm going to buy a dog, stick it in a pool and put some rave music on. So yeah. thank you. Going to go fix our tech neck. Have a nice night. Christmas, everyone. <laughs>